Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome each and every one of you to 2024, and this is a season in the life of our church we call prepare, and I promise you, if you sense a little anticipation in the atmosphere this weekend, it's because there are a group of people who know what God does during this time of year, and they're very excited about it, but I'm also excited for all of you that have never experienced it to experience it with us because it's quite an amazing time in the life of our church, an amazing season. I want to look in the camera there, welcome our Hazlitt campus, welcome our McKinney campus that are joining us, all the people that are joining us online. We're actually going to have Prepare in Argyle as well at our building there. So let's all put our hands together and welcome everybody that's going to be joining in. On this journey, it's going to be an exciting time, and again, if you're new, this is an amazing time that you want to jump into. I could tell you testimony after testimony after testimony of the way God does some very unique things in the lives of everyday people, not special people, everyday people who just make themselves available to Him at the beginning of the year. And so that's what we're gonna do together now. We also put in front of you something that we believe was uh, important this time of year to continue to expand our, our reach and our impact to people that are hurting. That we never desire just to be a bigger church but to have a bigger heart, to make a bigger impact, to be able to make a bigger difference because we are gathered together as a group of people. And so we put in front of you an end of year offering. I'll be honest, I'd just, I'd thought about all that you had given to all year. You know, at our Hazlitt campus, we're still working diligently on a new facility there. And Hazlitt had given, and McKinney, and all of us given together. And you guys here at Keller giving over $23 million to expand space. My team came to me and said, you know what? There's still people to help, and our missions team said, we're expanding our outreaches, and so we put in front of you an end of year. I I do believe this, that the local church is positioned the best, holistically, with volunteers, with every age group, with every strata of the community to make the greatest impact with resources and dollars, and so we put in front of you 600,000 as an end of year goal, but because you are you, because it's the power of not just a mob of people, but a church family that's an everyone church, you gave 1.1 million, because that's what you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm the most blessed pastor on the planet. So you say, pastor, so what are you going to do? Well, we're going to do all the stuff we told you we're going to do. But we have been working in five Title I schools, and now there's still eight more that I talked to our missions team, and I said, what more can we do? They said, well, there's eight more schools. And so we started talking to teachers, and here in the next few weeks, there's teachers who have been having to supply resources to kids, and I don't believe teachers get paid enough as it is to be able to have to also provide food for kids. So we're going to go take an inventory of every single need and other needs Here's what those resources do. They give us the ability 
to accelerate vision. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you that gave to our end of year offering. It's going to make an impact and we're going to tell you the stories. We're also getting ready for our big serve day and serve week, hundreds of projects all across the community. But it's prepared 2024. I'm excited about all of that, by the way. I hope you are. But it's prepared 2024, and this is a season, if you're new, where we do some intentional, on-purpose submitting of ourselves to God, because it's almost become part of the vernacular here that if you have a good year spiritually, it's not a promise you won't face challenges, but you'll have a good year, because God's always preparing us for what he has ahead of us. So we're preparing now for what he wants to bring into our lives and what he wants to do in 2024. It's the greatest step that you can take. Some of you are new and you're like, what is prepare? It's not a church conference. In fact, two of the speakers are overseeing pastors who have been my pastors and walked with me since we were in the cafetorium. So it's not just about the speakers. In fact, I want to tell you this. I have the speakers at night because we're fasting. And the last place you want to be when you're hungry is at the house. Because you'll be like, man, I'm starving. But when you're singing and praying, you're like, man, I forgot I was hungry. And then you go right home and go to bed. And so you can make it, okay? So we're just gathering together because that's what the church does as, we, as we, we seek God here at the first of the year. You're like, what am I asking you to do? Well, I'm asking you to get a prayer guide. We, these are a tool for you, especially if you're new. There's scriptures to confess. There's understanding of what we're actually doing. I want to draw your attention, though, to page 6. Page six is where you can get a prayer card to begin to write down things that God's speaking to you to pray about. Some of you already know what some of those are. And I hear testimony after testimony of what God does. By the way, we didn't start prepare two years ago. We didn't start prepare last week. We actually started doing this when we started Milestone Church. In the very beginning days, the very first year of Milestone, we didn't have a building. There was a church that let us borrow their building on Friday nights. We would gather every Friday night for the first few years, 10 o'clock at night. We, we were all young, had young kids. We'd just bring them all to my house, lock them in a room, pray something, did, no one killed anybody, make sure everybody's alive, Lord, please. We were praying for them while we were praying, but anyway... It was inconvenient, but how many of you know if you want something that you've never had, sometimes you have to do something you've never done? And so we were praying in those days for some of the days we're walking in today. Who knows what we're praying about now that you and us will be walking in 10 years from now. That's the power of entering the spiritual realm, not just the physical realm, but into the spiritual realm where God is moving ahead of us and participating and partnering with him. This is the, this is the new and improved version of the prayer card, page six. Here's the OG. This is the, my original prayer card. I, I, I probably should frame it. 
I, have, I, had to, I had to upgrade to a new one. But I look back over this and I see praying for staff members and people and places to meet and God's provision. When my wife prayed here at the Keller campus that God is faithful, my card is a testimony to me of his greatness and his faithfulness. He has been faithful. It's not about me having a prayer card. It's about you having a prayer card. It's about you having a place you go to God and bring your needs and your concerns. So I'm asking you to get a prayer card, a prayer guide. I'm asking you to fast. Some of you are like, what is fasting? Well, it's abstaining from food at some level to, to, to bring your hunger level to God. It's not a hunger strike. It's, and I just want to say as our church has gotten bigger and even those online, like I know some of you may have medical conditions or, or be a diabetic or something. I do want you to, to, to consider your health, but the majority of people will, will say, hey, I'm going to do liquids over the next few days. Now, there's varying degrees of fasting people. In fact, some of you, when you think about preparing for prepare, how many of you are thinking, if I'm going to fast, I'm eating everything in sight today? Just raise your hand. You say, I'm not, I'm not tapering. I'm carb loading. Well, God bless you. Others will begin to taper into it. The more disciplined among us, They'll begin to drink fluids and things and get their stomach shrunk down from New Year's turducken and get down to it. But either way you do it, starting on Sunday night as we go to bed, when we wake up Monday, we'll, we'll fast. It's in the Bible. It brings you into a place with God. And I'm always, I love always when I ask for a show of hands at our meeting and say, how many of you are fasting for the first time? And I see a show of hands. I just wanna encourage some of you, just do it and see what God does. So we're gonna fast and then we're gonna participate in noon online prayer, 10 minutes at noon. Now we, we started this last year and, and it got to a great jump off start, but I wanna, I wanna recruit more of you into this noon online prayer. You're going you're gonna to join in with our staff praying, and, and, and you're going to join in to a moment where we're going to pray with you, and because we're not just fasting, we're fasting and praying. And I believe as our church has expanded to Hazlitt, McKinney, and other places, I truly believe this is a model when we declare a prayer time or a fasting time. Yes, we'll continue to gather, but this is a way for us through technology as we expand around. I believe one day that we'll have thousands of people joining together for small segments of time to pray together wherever we're at. And we can use it throughout the year. So I wanna get you engaged in this noon online prayer. Just go ahead and put it on your calendar. Set your alarm. Just act like it's a meeting this week. It's only 10 minutes because we wanna pray together. Here's the next thing, come to pre-service prayer. Now you guys have been doing this at every campus for the last few years. You wanna show up for pre-service prayer. One, you'll be guaranteed a better seat. So if you get here for pre-service prayer, but second of all, a lot of us hear sermons on prayer. A lot of us, if you talk to most Christians, they'll be like, I really should learn how to do that. I really should get better at that. But even what I'm gonna to talk to you about today 
Most of the things in the kingdom of God are more caught than just taught. If you want to get better at praying, get in the room with some prayers. And what will happen is as you come to pre-service prayer, we're going to guide you. We're going to give you points. You're going to have some of our team here praying with you. It's an impartation, but it's very powerful. In fact, I will go on record as saying this. I'm thankful for the worship. I'm thankful for the speakers. But again, this is a church family, not a conference. I love the room of pre-service prayer more than the service itself because it's engagement and it's your participation. So I want to encourage you, come to pre-service prayer. I'm excited about prepare this year. I know God's going to do amazing things. Now, when we kick off every year, I get the opportunity to kick off the season and I give you a word for the year. I've had multiple different things as I just began in December and, and in the fall of the year, I start praying about the new year and I'm praying and asking God, I'm thinking about where our church is. I'm thinking about what, what God wants to do with us in that year. Last year, our word was seek. And so we seeking after the things that God would have for us and seeking after him because he's the ultimate prize. This year, as I began to think about where we are and pray, I, I distinctly began to just think about the importance of something that is so central to Scripture, yet so distant from so many believers today. And it's something that has been at the very foundational level of who we are, especially if you're new here. Our word for 2024, and I'm going to give you some of the practical ways I'm going to help you in this, is discipleship. What a thunderous applause. What a, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by it. I, I get it. Our word is discipleship. And if you don't know a lot about it, you're kind of like, I realize that we could talk about, you know, us and our dreams and our visions. God wants to talk to us about that. But if you go to every single gospel, Jesus ends every one of them with this word. He brings clarity to, in the midst of all of your activity, there's an intentional on purpose activity that I want you to participate in that brings all of these things together in such a powerful way. And I wanna bring some of you into it. In fact, some of you are new to our church. In fact. 360 of you at Christmas getting saved. There's hundreds of you over the last few months that have joined us and it's like, man, what is this church about? It's more than preaching and singing and doing Christian stuff. It's about becoming a disciple. In fact, that's what I wanna spend my last few moments here together talking to you about. You start with this, this main mission of Jesus, this main word, this calibrating concept you start with his desire for us is not to be religious, not to do religious activity, but to be a disciple, to become something. See, the Christian life is about something you become, not just something you do. What you do flows out of who you are. So you become a disciple. We say, what is discipleship? Well, it's just one Christ follower helping another follower take their next step. So, so we're all taking steps. 
Doesn't matter how long you've been taking steps, if you're still on this planet and God hasn't seen fit to zoom you up to heaven, you have another step. You have, that's good news for some of us. You don't retire from this. You don't graduate. There's another step that he has for you. So we're taking these steps. Now, I realize that I could easily preach a message, a new year, a new you, and, and I know where you live because I live there too. Over the last few days maybe, I actually started in December, you may have pulled out your iPad that now has a convenient little pen with it, and of course I use, I'm a dinosaur, I use the yellow pad, pen, sorry. But for those of you that do, you got your, your deal there, and, and, and you started saying, what are my goals for 2024? Some of you are in, you're responsible for people. So you've already started the goals for your team, the goals for your business, the goals for your company, the goals that you're going to get other people to get involved in those goals. So what we do is we start a lot of times with our goals. <laughs> it's just normal. It's not bad either. It's proven that if you write down a goal, it has a greater chance and ability to actually come to pass. So I want to be very clear. I'm not preaching against goals. I'm preaching against the prioritization of the goals. How you prioritize the goals. Because most of us, our sheet probably looks like this. I'm just giving a few. First one, lose an extra 15 pounds. Come on, can we be honest in church? I'm going to, this year, I'm going to. Lose that nagging 15. Now we got all kind of help. We got weight loss companies and bars and food and shots and pills. I have several years ago, I found one called Fat Whacker Late Night TV. That's been mine recently. If you're like, Pastor, how are you staying in such impeccable shape? I take Fat Whacker. It's a pill. You just take it and it whacks your fat right off your body. I know people all the time, you're looking at me, you're like, hey, did you lose a little weight? It's probably water weight, just be honest. I'm just trying to maintain, just trying not to get grossly obese. That's just what my goal in life is. Have fun and make it, you know? In fact, if you look at a big man and say, did you lose weight, pastor? He just got a darker jacket. That's all he did. Nonetheless, we put that out. Did you know the Bible actually says that in 1 Timothy physical training is of some value. Like you're a holistic being, and so yes, I believe that you should have physical health and training, and it, it has some value, and, and it helps you. Mind, will, emotions, but it says it's of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So what is it saying? Not a bad goal, not a bad target, bad priority. Your spiritual life. Here's one. I want to save an extra $15,000 this year. Or I want to pay off that credit card. Or maybe you're at a place where you're like, I want to fund my kid's college account. Or I want to increase my retirement. Or I want to do this or do this or do this. We all do it. I want my sales to go up at work. I want my team to produce X, Y, Z. I want my investments to get certain X. I know you do it. The Bible doesn't say it's bad. 
But it does say, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world? You get all of it. You get every bucket filled and, and then some and forfeit their soul. What, what is real winning? Is it winning at all the externals or is it to win in the area of the soul? When I wrote the book, Way to Win, I talk about scoreboards and targets. I pastor people who have scoreboards and goals and targets. That's the kind of people you are. Nothing wrong with scoreboards and targets, but I talk in there about being at a fixed mindset spiritually. So you can have a fixed mindset about a lot of areas, and that means you're stuck. A growth mindset means that you see the possibility to move forward. So we don't want to just apply that to our professional life, to our, our health goals. We want to apply that to this. You say, Pastor, what's your desire for us this year? That you would grow. I believe God has some amazing things for you this year if you'll just avail yourself to him. If you'll just put him first. The Bible begins with the words, in the beginning, God not in the beginning, our strategies and plans. In the beginning, God, God at the first place in our lives. You say this target of discipleship, where do you get it? Well, Matthew chapter 28 is one of my favorite places to go. Once again, you go to every gospel. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is about to ascend to heaven. I, I mean, I, I believe that's probably some Pretty important words, the last things he said do before he comes back to earth to return. These are red letters. This is calibrating. This is clarifying. This is what are we supposed to have as the target? He says this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Does Jesus have the right to tell us what to put as our priorities? He said, I'm over all of it. I'm over everything in your life, not only here on earth, but also in heaven. He's got the authority. He said, therefore, because I have this authority, go. Now, we a lot of times get caught in the go. You know, we're going to go, 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 go. We're going to go, go, go all year long. I mean, you ask anybody in our culture, how you doing? They're like, busy. I mean, we're busy people, man. We're on the go. We're on the go, man. Actually, though, here, that's a verb in English, but better translated in the original language, as you're going. Jesus knows that we as human beings are going. He just said, I need to talk to you about where you're going. I need to talk to you about where you're headed. As you're going, make. Make what? Make disciples. The reason you have to make disciples is they don't make themselves. And Jesus made disciples is why we're here today. So he said, I want you to verb, action step, goal sheet, target. On your goal sheet this year, make, make. What am I going to make Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We baptized more people last year than we ever have in the history of our church. Why do we put people in a tank and baptize them? 
Because that's the last thing Jesus told us to do. Baptizing them in the name. It says, and teaching them to obey. Wow, we don't just get to listen to this stuff. We actually have to do it. Obey everything, he says. I've commanded you. And surely, I love this last line because some of you are like, man, I was hoping for a little more inspirational and a little less directional, pastor, for the new year. You know, just a, ah, I'm pumped up. I don't even know, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But man, I'm on fire. Just burning, just I love this because a lot of people go, I don't know if that's me, man. Like, be a disciple? That sounds like going to school. I'm out. That sounds like training or something. That sounds like, like, like something nobody wants to be a part of. Jesus says this to you. If you feel inadequate, if you feel separated from it, if you feel like, oh, he's talking to some other elite person, you don't understand, like, I'm kind of a professional sinner. I'm kind of a person just still trying to kind of find my way. He says this, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you in it. Can I tell you a light bulb moment to some of the 360 people maybe that just got saved? The moment you have where you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to step out and participate at any level in what Jesus is saying, and you're scared to death, and he tells you what to say, and he helps you with what you say, and you're like, he was in it, he was there, he showed up, he moved through me, not just the bald guy on the stage, I'm a Christian too. Game changer. Game changer. See, I think in our world, because of the way we're wired and because of the way our world works today, we have trouble with the Bible that doesn't segment but is all together. See, we, 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 see the way you build a brand on YouTube is you give one message or one flavor. So, so people communicate about one flavor, one thing, one segment, and our brains need to be able to compartmentalize things along the way. Let me, let me introduce something to you if you've been struggling with it. His purpose and his presence are connected. Man, the next few days, we're going to get in his presence. Man, I, I love it when we're fasting. My wife, I wake up, she's going to have worship music on and that, that first cup of coffee, can I have an amen in the house of God? Y'all know what I'm saying? Got your Bible, God's going to speak. We're going to be, I'm going to be in more church settings and prayer meetings. And here's what I know, because I've been doing it for years. I don't know when it'll happen. I, I mean, it'll happen at different times. Every song I'm going to sing, every prayer I'm going to pray. I mean, I'm just, I'm just coming before the Lord. And, and, and I know there'll be just this whisper. Those that have been around me know I'll pull my little thing. Oh, I, gotta, I gotta write that down. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, what you're directing. We're gonna prioritize his presence. People are gonna get uh, prayers answered, like God's gonna meet with us. His presence is very powerful, but also his purpose is connected to his presence. His presence and his purpose together. It's the bones and the breath. It's the wine and the wineskin. It's 
the fireplace and the fire. I realize I'm talking to some of you who have been in different things or maybe you're just brand new and you're like, okay, pastor, I wanna be a disciple. But let me talk to some of you maybe who have been doing this a little bit. Some of us grew up in environments with lots of fire. And you're like, thank God we're about to have some fire. Amen. Let's have some fire, presence, power of God. Man, it's amazing. Lord, I'm gonna get in your presence. Powerful. But some of you have only had fire and you've burned down everything you've ever been around. Where's your relational health? Where's your maturity? How well do you get along with others? Where's the fruit of the Spirit, not just the power of the Spirit? Now, now I ain't just picking on the fire people. Some of you are like, let me talk to the fireplace people. Well, we got to have a good fireplace, you know, the discipleship, the purpose of God, the theologically, hermeneutically sound expository word of God, perfectly fireplace. But nobody's getting warm near your place. It's kind of like, could you light the fire? Here, here's what I would like to propose to you in the great commission. It's purpose and presence. Here's my purpose. Some of us are like, man, where's Jesus? I, I lost him somewhere. Like, of course, he's not lost. He's right back in his purpose. He's right back in that calibrating place. Every time we come to him and say, I want to be a disciple. I want to be a follower. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to make you Lord of my life. I'm submitted to you, afresh and anew. What would happen this year if you said, I'm not playing games. I'm all in. Here I am, Lord. You know what you'll find? He's right where you left him. Making disciples, changing lives, moving by his spirit, doing what it is he does. You say, where is that even connected? By the way, it's in every gospel, but it's also in Acts. You shall receive power, the Bible says. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, for what? For what? For more entertainment, for more experience? No, to be my witnesses. And he goes through and says, to your local area, to your house. Can I encourage some of you with this? You're like, Jeff, are you talking about the church? I'm going to bring it down. I'm talking about your family. I'm going to talk about your family. Like, be a disciple at your house. Practice the presence of God and the purpose of God at your house. Don't just parent your kids. Disciple your kids. Let them participate. Let them do the stuff. Let them get engaged. I think there's some reasons why this eludes us sometimes. I think it's cultural. I think this book has become more and more culturally contradictive. Culturally, it's hard culturally for us to get there. There's so many things about our culture that is, is so hard to connect with. You go, what do you mean by that? Well, it's hard to see sometimes. And I want to help some of you. I just want to get you a little bit closer to what I'm talking about here. We think pupil in class, but the word disciple is methetes, and it's more akin to an apprentice. It's like a, a young plumber or a young guy who wants to be a plumber going to work with a plumber. And you don't sit at the shop and talk about pipes. You get a wrench and you go take a pipe off and then the water sprays and you're like, okay, you gotta turn the water off first. Oh, now I'm learning. Now I'm getting engaged here. It's akin to a electrician 
bringing a young electrician wanting to be a journeyman and you, you apprentice your way. See, why is Jesus so smart to keep us from just being observers and move us to participants? Why? Because the growth level increases at that point. It's like you can sit in church for 30 years and be like, man, I know that. I know the verse before the pastor says it. I know it. And you can think, man, I'm a fluffy, good, fat, strong, powerful Christian, like this owl, like a good little owl. You're just like, I'm fluffy and powerful, pastor. I've been listening to messages for years. I know every word in the Bible. But then we get you actually in the game, and it looks more like this. You just, that kind of reminds me of myself. The older I get, there's no substance. There's no substance to it. That's why it's an activation, engagement message. We think activity instead of intentionality. You and I could be playing darts. I could throw and hit the bullseye. You could throw it wherever you want and draw your own bullseye and say, hey, I got the top points. In the message of Jesus, activity doesn't necessarily equal growth. It's the right activity. It's the biblical connection to the activity that he prioritizes. We think knowledge instead of maturity. And maturity is when you can forgive that person, when you can get over that offense, when you do do the thing that gets you outside of yourself. It's, it's much more internal than it is just external. I turned 50 last year. I had, a, I had a party with my kids and some of my friends. And I look back on it, and it's just kind of like, man, you know, it's kind of, it's, it, you're thankful and you're grateful, but it's hard, to, it's hard to receive when you're a person who's passionate about giving to others and celebrating others. It's kind of weird. And they said some great things or whatever, but there was one moment that really stuck out to me. My daughter, Lauren, by the way, I will tell you, having a 50th birthday party, what I'm preaching on this weekend may not make us stand up and shout, but as you get older, you won't care about your trophies. You won't care about those things on that goal sheet. You'll probably hit all of them. You know what you're going to care about? The investment you've made in the people that you love. Just a tip from a guy getting a little bit older. Lauren Elizabeth, she stood up. She was crying. She said, Daddy... Thank you in my senior year for taking me through the book of Acts. I, there was a lot said that night. I was drawn to her. She was sincerely telling dad, thank you for taking me through the book of Acts on my senior year. You had a new building. You had a lot going on. And you know what the real truth was? I had to, I had to really work to prioritize it. I forgot a few and had to go back. I'm not perfect. This isn't about perfection. It's just about steps. And, and, and we, we, caught, we did a little catch-up a few times. And, and you might think, well, Pastor, you can take somebody through Acts, you know, because you know all. My, my curriculum, this is where it's a farce that the enemy, my curriculum was not advanced. I didn't sit down and write a dissertation on Acts. I got a black binder from Target. Actually, my assistant did for me. I got some white pieces of paper, and I just put the chapter titles and a few thoughts, and just let's study this and questions. It's like very, 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 very archaic, kind of simple. Went through it together. I said, Dad, thank you. Thank you for prioritizing that. You know what she didn't know? 
I have a doctorate in ministry. I got more out of it than she did. I was awakened in this journey with her. I was, I was, I, that's why the Bible is so powerful and living and active. Like I would sit with my daughter, I'm doing it because she's a senior and I love her and I want to invest in her. And, and I would sit there with her, just sometimes just stirred inside going, how many times the Bible said he hindered them from going here. He, he spoke to them about going here. And, and, and I left the study going, I don't have to force it. I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to perform I can be led by the Spirit of God. You're saying, and you're the pastor. And you know what? I'm a Christian too. It's about being a Christian. You're like, Jeff, what is a disciple? Let me give you four characteristics very quick. Number one, it's desire. I, I want to make this very approachable. You can write these down. I don't have time to unpack all of it. Desire. The Bible says that babies desire the pure milk of the word. I was with my grandson last week. You don't have to wonder when he's hungry. Brother will let you know. Don't get overwhelmed. Desire the pure milk of the word. It's why we have this book, the foundations book for you. It's going to help you be able to engage with the word. You may want to go through this yourself. You may want to go through it with a friend. You may want to take your kids through it. It's a tool to get you in the word and you're like, man, I'm newly saved, pastor. I'm growing or I'm, I'm not, I don't consider myself an immature Christian. Well, turn off the opinions and turn up the word. If you keep going to the word of God, you're going to grow. It has the ability to grow you. So just stay hungry. Here's number two. It says this, denial. Jesus said this, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself some things. Take up your cross and follow. There's going to be some things you have to shed. You gotta travel light. It's a long journey, and as you go along in the journey, you're like, I'm gonna shed that. Shed this, why? Because you're continuing to focus on him. These things can't, that unforgiveness can't make the journey. I'm going to deny that from my life. There's a principle of saying yes to the right things that creates growth. Here's the third thing, dependency. You just stay dependent, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Stay connected to me, you're gonna have a lot of fruit. And if you don't stay connected to me and your goal sheet has all of your stuff, he says, you can still do some good things. No, 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 no. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So you're like, I don't wanna get you overwhelmed. You're like, be a disciple, that sounds so lofty. No, 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 stay hungry. Shed the things. This week, the Holy Spirit's going to say, shed that. Let it go. Let it go. And then say in your life, I'm going to just stay dependent on you. I'm going to ask everybody at every campus to stand with me right now, and I'm going to pray for you. Here's the final one, number four. Final thing. It's one you care about, duplication. That's what I'm going to talk about next, next week. Our message is going to be, how do you duplicate this? And, and you want to know about this. This will affect your teams. This will affect your parents. It'll affect your kids. It'll affect the people around you, your brother, your sister. Here's the principle of discipleship. We live in a culture, who's the smartest? The Bible culture is, you teach what you know, you reproduce what you are. You teach what you know, you reproduce what you are. So I'm going to talk to you about how to reproduce it next week. But here's why, the way I want to end this 
this moment here, every campus, I'm going to ask everybody just to bow their heads for a minute. We're closing. If you just wait for just a moment, unless it's an emergency, we're closing every campus. I'm closing the message. Let's just wait right here. I've asked you to, you know, get a guide and fast and, and, and come to prepare. And, and I want us, the Bible talks about moments where God's people are crossing into a new season and they would consecrate themselves. And my role as your pastor as we go into the next few days is to just help us for just a minute. I want you just to just put lunch out of your mind for a minute. Put just, just, this is just going to be a minute or two right here, this final moment. Just, just, just pause for a minute. We're not rushing into the new year. It has all of its stuff waiting for us. But over the next few days, it's not just the stuff. It's not just the online prayer. It's not the writing down the prayer request. It's not... It's not the fasting, it's, it's, it's the heart. And, and I want you to know that, that God's heart is for you and God wants to be with you. And he wants to speak to you and he wants to show up in this moment. And I want just to start the fast, to start the next few days for you just to join me as I pray this prayer over you. You just in your heart say amen if you believe it if you're willing to receive it if you're willing to do it Lord we give you this time Lord we, we no matter how long we've walked with you we, we submit ourselves afresh and anew Lord we, we trust that you're for us and with us and speak to us and Lord we just trust that we're going to meet you there we're going to meet you there in these moments so, Lord, we consecrate ourselves, we submit ourselves, we surrender ourselves. We say yes again to you. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in the hearts and the lives of your people over the next few days. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.